Hello and welcome back to the Followers Podcast. I'm so glad you're here to join me for this um, episode two. Um, you know, la- last time, uh, last week we were in um, Matthew 1, and, w- and we read the whole chapter of Matthew 1, but this week, um, it's going to be a little bit different. We're gonna, we're still going to be in Matthew, and we're going to be in Matthew um, chapter 2, but we're not going to be in, um, not going to go throughout the whole chapter. We're actually going to go through the first um, 12 verses. verses. Um, You know, chapter 1 was different because half of the chapter was genealogy, and so I wanted to kind of um, still get um, some scripture in there, but, you know, the first 17 verses out of 25 were genealogy. So we finished out that whole entire chapter. But um, this week, we're just going to only do the first 12 verses of chapter 2. Like I said, I'm so glad you're here with us. And um, yeah, here we go. I say we go ahead and there is the bell. We love the bell when it interrupts me. Sorry. (laughs) But uh, let's go ahead and get into um, chapter Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Let's do it. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, in the days of Herod, the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born, king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and have come to worship him. Verse 3, When Herod the king had heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him, gathering together, and and all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired them of where the Messiah was to be born. Verse 5, They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judah, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out you shall come forth a ruler, who will be shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7. When Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come to worship him. Verse 9. After hearing the king, they went their way. And the star which they had been seen in the east went on on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced, exceeding with great joy. After coming to the house, they saw the child with, his, with Mary, his mother, and, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening the treasures, they presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and mirth. Verse 12, And having been warned by God in a dream, not to return to Herod, the Maga left for their own country by another way. Whew. First 12 verses right there. lot going on. So first off, we have the birth of Jesus. The Savior of the world has been born. The Savior um, to come and collect his people later has been born. And um, just some context of what's going on here. We're in the times of King Herod. And, you know, if you hear the name King Herod, you know, he was a very cruel king. You know, he he killed babies, you know, abortion, if you will. And, you know, I I know that's a hot topic now. But, you know, he he had abortion. Um, Obviously, he was trying to kill baby Jesus. Um, He was trying to go out and find Jesus and kill him. And, um... So that that's what his plan was, and you know he said later, you know he wanted, um, they wanted um, him to bring Jesus to him so he could worship him. Also, no, he was just saying that, you know, he wanted to kill Jesus. That's what was happening here. And um, gosh, King Herod, 
I, you know, he he had built um, late, later in Matthew and in, in all the Gospels. You know, um, Jesus was talking about how he wanted to tear down this temple in three days and and build it back up. And you know, the disciples were like, "You want to tear that building down and raise it up in three days?" When you know, it took forty. I think it was forty six years um, to build it up. You know, how, how are you going to build it in three days? You know, well, um, King Herod had built this um, temple, and I'd kind of find it funny on honestly it's kind of funny that jesus was like yeah we're gonna tear this thing down yeah <laughs> you know the thing that king herod had, had um built up he's like yeah we're gonna tear it down and then rebuild it in three days so, so king herod you know who, who's really the boss around here um but but that's who kind of king who king herod was you know he's just he is a mighty king he had a bunch of he had a whole lot of power and a little and a whole lot of authority excuse me um but you know his standards was straight gold just about i mean seriously you know his standards was i want gold i want to eat gold i want to sit on gold i want to lie on gold you know every his, his standards were gold that's what he, that that's who king herod was Verse 3, he talks about, he says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem was with him. Um, so they're talking about how, you know, Jesus had been born. The Savior of the world had been born. And when King Herod had heard this, you know, the king that, whose standards is golden, who has royalty, who has power and authority and is great, and everyone bows down to him, he was troubled. He was troubled over a little baby, a child, a newborn. You know, think, really, in, if I put this into perspective, it was um, as the president of the United States, really. Well, not our president right now because he really doesn't know what's going on. But, um, okay, like, you know, um, Donald Trump, when he was president, you know, it was almost saying Donald Trump was scared of a newborn. Donald Trump's, um, his standards are, you know, the highest of high. You know, he's worth, you know, no telling of how much money Donald Trump is worth and Donald Trump has but it was the equivalent of Donald Trump being scared of a newborn baby because he was born. He was troubled by it. You know, being troubled. There's a bunch of things that, you know, throughout my day that I, I get troubled by. And, and I just, I don't think I've ever been troubled by a newborn baby. And now, you know, <laughs> also there's probably some people think um, here that uh, have newborn babies and probably like, well, I, I certainly have been troubled by a newborn baby. They've been crying all night. But um, <laughs> crying, spitting, you know, um, doing all the things that babies do. But when I, when he's saying he was troubled by him, you know, he was he was he was worried about. It. He was like, okay, this baby might like come and overtake me. That's something I've never worried about. And a baby, a newborn coming and overtaking me. But but that's that's what King Herod was about. He was scared. He was troubled of Jesus, the newborn. So later he says, uh, verse 4, Gathering together all the chief priests and the scribes of people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. Verse 5, They said to him in Bethlehem of Judah, for this is what the, has written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least, least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So right here, it's it's saying in uh, through Isaiah, hey, there's gonna be someone that comes, a leader of Judah, that's gonna be a ruler, and he will be the shepherd of my people. He will lead my people. 
So, and so Herod, Herod, you know, he, he is already troubled right now, but oh my gosh, there's no telling what he's, he's like now, you know, he, I, I mean, he was probably scared out of his mind, and, and is that not amazing, can we just talk about that for a second, is that not amazing, this guy, King Herod, who had such, um, authority and power, he was, he was great, he was scared and troubled over this newborn baby, Jesus. I think that says something of how Jesus is and how mighty Jesus is. Think about a newborn. You're like, he's not very mighty. He, you know, he needs his mother to help him survive. You know, he needs someone to take care of him. He needs somebody else. He can't take care of himself. But King Herod was scared. He was troubled over Jesus being a newborn baby. Is that not amazing? He was pro- he was scared, you know. Hey, th- this kid's gonna come, and he he, he might overtake me. He might, he might he might over he might overrule me. Is that not amazing? I think just saying that shows how amazing Jesus is, and how awesome and how wonderful. But also, the other side, you know, his wrath is you know fear God. You know, I mean, that's fear God doesn't really mean to be scared of God, but, you know, it really, I don't know. Just King Herod was, he was in awe, really. He was like, he, he did fear God. Seriously, he did. He was in awe, almost, but not in all of worship and wow you're wonderful and great but of all out of this baby's gonna overtake me one day that just says something of how amazing jesus is you know later in verse eight he says and he sent them to bethlehem you know is the magi he sent them to bethlehem and said go and search carefully for the child and when you have found him report to me so i too may come and worship him absolutely love the irony here not the irony excuse me the lie he, um, he's saying, hey, listen, okay, go and find baby Jesus. Go and find baby Jesus and bring him to me so I can, too, fall down on my knees and worship him. When, in reality, he was wanting to kill him. Um, John MacArthur, he says in this, Herod actually wanted to kill the child, child being capitalized there, whom he saw as a potential threat to his throne. He saw him as a potential threat. He wanted to kill him. He wanted to get rid of the threat that he saw. That I just cannot get over that idea of how King Herod saw baby Jesus as a threat. I mean, that's, that is amazing. I've, I mean, that is crazy how King Herod saw him as a threat. Like, what? I've, I mean, that is just amazing. Verse nine, and then okay. Also, before I get into that, he saw he saw baby Jesus as a threat, right? He wanted to kill him, but he saw baby Jesus as a threat because he wanted. That's why he wanted to kill him. It's crazy how God works. I mean, seriously, he Jesus or God, excuse me, God wanted Jesus to come down as a baby onto this earth. Okay, came down on this earth as a baby. King Herod, being in his position that he is, saw baby Jesus and was scared of him and wanted to kill him. 
Is that not amazing? Just seriously, is that not amazing? That's an incredible story. Because Herod was scared of Jesus. That is mind-blowing. Verse 9, he, he continues, he said, uh, Matthew continues, he said, After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east and west on before then, it came and stood over the place where the child was. So the star where it was tracking Jesus about, okay, is a GPS star, if you will. Okay, is a GPS star tracking baby Jesus. The Magi saw him, followed, saw the star, saw where baby Jesus was, boom, that's Jesus, let's go to him. Okay, so they, so now we have found, they have found baby Jesus. They have found the child and where he was. And then he, he continues in, in verse 10, he says, When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. With great joy. Where does joy come from? Where does joy come from? From Jesus, from God, from above. You cannot have earthly joy. You cannot. There is nothing on this earth that can give you pure joy other than Jesus Christ. Nothing. But these people who are coming to kill Jesus, or not kill Jesus, excuse me, who's going to get Jesus and take them back to King Herod to later be killed, had the joy, the pure joy, great joy, because they were in the presence of the Lord who had come to save all sinners from themselves. To save them from sin and hell. To bring them to eternity, eternity glory and praise and paradise. They had joy. When they wanted to kill them. Or they were going to kill them. That's amazing. That's amazing how God works. God had, he had saw that they were going, I mean, obviously he planned it, but he had saw that they were going to get Jesus, and when they were in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, they had great, pure joy that only comes from Jesus. That's amazing. That is amazing. Verse 11, he says, After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary and his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening the treasures, they presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and mirth. They fell to the ground when they saw Jesus, the Savior of the world. I mean, oh my gosh. They walked in, saw where the baby was, about to take him, and they fell to the ground in awe of Jesus. In absolute awe. That is amazing. When they, when, seriously, okay, let's think for a second. Okay, let's, let's practically think for a second. If King Herod came to them specifically, right, they were probably pretty close to King Herod. They probably had um, gold. They were probably rich. They, I mean, honestly, if because King Herod wouldn't go out to the streets to some nobody and grab them and say, hey, I need your, your help. You need to come do something for me. No. Okay, so they were probably decently close to King Herod. I mean, let's be honest here. Okay, so they're probably decently close to King Herod. They probably worshipped King Herod. They probably did all these things to King Herod. But the second they saw Jesus in Mary's arms, probably sitting on a chair or something like that, they fell to the ground instantly. They opened the door, saw Jesus there, and fell to the ground and worshipped this newborn baby. They worshipped him. That's how great he was. They just started worshiping him and they were giving him gifts and, and frankensteins of gold and marath and giving him these these gifts 
I mean, that's amazing. That is awesome. MacArthur says this about the gifts. He said, "Gifts were suitable for a, these gifts were suitable for a king. The fact that Gentiles would offer such worship had like these gifts were suitable for a king, and they had they were given them these stuff. I mean, you don't go out and give um, a five year old a twenty dollar bill. No. So I mean, somebody w- w- really." Okay, that's probably happened before where uh, someone gave a uh, five-year-old a $20 bill for the, their birthday. But what happens? The mom says, hey, I'll take the $20 bill, I'll put it in my purse, and I'll keep it, and then we can go out to the store later, and you can pick out a toy. You can go pick out a clothes. You can go pick out a new pair of shoes, okay? If, you know, depending how expensive they are. Anyways, but the, the mom says, I'll keep it in my purse, and then we can go out to the store, and you can pick something, and then I'll get it for you. Okay, the money's not suitable for that five-year-old. It's just not because the five-year-old will rip it. It'll tear. They'll, um, their siblings will fight over it because it's their birthday, not the younger sibling's birthday or the older sibling's birthday. So they'll fight over it, break it, um, rip it. It'll have no worth. They'll throw it away. They'll lose it, something like that. It's not suitable for them, okay? But this right here, it's the newborn. So it's like you giving a, your $20 bill to the newborn. Well, obviously, if it's not suitable for the five-year-old, it's certainly not suitable for the newborn. Or if you if you give them a gold ring, you don't give a gold ring to a newborn. They're gonna eat it. They're gonna swallow it. They're gonna choke. They might die later. So it's not suitable for them. But that was suitable for this king, for Jesus, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. There was nothing else suitable for him. And obviously, this gold and this Frankenstein and all this, it's not suitable for Jesus. But that's the closest thing that was. The highest of high things that they can get their hands on, that couldn't even come close to what Jesus is, his standards are, and what he should be given. But that's just the closest they had. I mean, that is nuts. And then in verse 12, he finishes off here in this little section. He says, And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to King Herod, then I got left for their own country by another way. Wow. God came to them in a dream. And again, like last episode, I'm not going to get super detailed into this dream and what it was about. Um, But God came to them in a dream and warned them, saying, Do not return to King Herod. Don't give this child to King Herod. Don't bring him. Don't show him where this child is at. So they said, Okay. The my guy left for their own country by another way. The people that were going to kill the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, as a newborn child left after they were in the presence of them of god uh, or of jesus really god jesus trinity really um they left that is amazing that is so i mean they, <laughs> their minds were set i'm getting this baby i'm going to get this baby they probably had a prize or a, a um reward of some site of some sort excuse me i'm probably gonna go and get the baby get a reward from king herod but they, but God gave them this dream, and they left. They forgot about King Herod. Well, they didn't for, technically forget about King Herod, but they just they were like, okay, screw King Herod, let's go. Okay, this is what God has said. God has said, leave it, leave it be, and let's go. Let's leave. The bounty hunter saw the bounty and left without even touching it. When it was a newborn, I mean, that is amazing. That is just awesome. 
That is incredible. I want to backtrack for a second. In verse 11, he says, um, And they fell to the ground and worshipped him. That only happens through Jesus and for Jesus. You don't, there is nothing, absolutely nothing worth compared, to be compared to Jesus. I mean, um, there's no real joy that you get from anything else. There's no real um, com- uh, patience. You don't have patience because of of um, uh, uh, inspirational quote that you saw from Steve Harvey. No, you have real patience because of God. And you have real compassion because of God. You have real um, joy because of God. You have real love because of God. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of those. Because of God. Because of Jesus. There is nothing else that, that is worth suitable to fall down to the ground to worship. I've never seen anything so amazing other than Jesus, obviously. Nothing so amazing where it literally, I looked at it and I fell to my knees and started bowing down and worshiping, worshiping, worshiping it. Nothing. Now, I will say, I've never done that to a Bible. I haven't. But that's the only thing that is suitable for that type of action. That is amazing. And there is nothing, absolutely nothing worth compared to that. God works in mysterious ways. He does. Just like he did right here. Just like he did right here. I was talking to, um, I j- just came from another class, because obviously I'm in school, and it, this guy, he's a, I'm not going to say his name, but he's an he's a unbeliever. Um, he, he does not believe in, he, he's a, he's an atheist, really. He's told me straight up, hey, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in that Christian stuff. And I was like, okay, yeah, cool. I'm not going to get my Bible and bash you over the head with it. No, that's cool. If, if you know, you're not a, you're a atheist, I'm not going to go kill you, but I'm going to try to spread the gospel with you. So we, um, we saw there's there's a church that comes into the school and does their Sunday school in this church or in this school, excuse me, until they can get their building fixed um, later on. So right now they're they're in this school in our auditorium having church. And for their children's program, they are in a, di- a different classroom. And we walked in this morning and we saw a picture of Jesus hanging up. Um, it, it was a picture, you know, illustrated picture of Jesus. And um, so that that guy walked in with me. And he said, who is this? And I said, oh, that, I said, I think that's probably Jesus um, because, you know, he had his sandals, longer hair, um, beard, you know, the, um, d- just the typical Jesus or, quote, Jesus look. And, he, you know, he said, who is that? And I said, oh, that's Jesus. And he said, um, why does he have long hair? And I said, you know, I said, honestly, I, I don't know. Um, and that's just what he did. He said, well, is it a sin to, isn't it a sin to cut your hair? And I said, um, I said, okay. So I kind of thought for a second. I said, here's a perfect time to spread the gospel with them. I said, you know, I said, it's not a sin. I said, some religions think, you know, um, you have to work your way into heaven. I said, you you know, you've got to do these certain actions to get yourself to heaven, or you have to do this, or you have to do this, and this, and this, and this. You have to wear this. You have to say this. I said, but look, I said, Christianity and what Jesus really is saying and intended for is different. I said, hey, look, it's different. The truth, it's different. I said, this is what it is. You look to Jesus. He said, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've, I have broken all of your laws and your commandments and all, all of them. I break them every single day. I'm a sinner. 
God, and I need a savior. Because right now, I'm doomed for hell. I need a savior. I need a savior. I said, all you have to do, what's different is about the what's different about the truth and what everything else you hear is you just give your life to Jesus and you don't have to cut your hair. You don't have to say a certain prayer or do a certain thing. You don't have to wear a certain certain clothing. I said, you just give your life to Jesus and when you screw up, you say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm human. I'm sorry. It's in, it's in my blood, God, and, and I hate it, and I hate it so much, and I want to get rid of it, and it's awful. God, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he says, it's okay. It's okay. I've forgiven you. I love you. I've forgiven you. You are okay. I told him, I said, that's, that's what's different. I said, there is nothing else worth compared, because once you have that feeling, and once you have that joy, this great joy that they're having, so once you have that, there is nothing that can be even compared to what Jesus has in store for you. What Jesus can give us. So there's nothing. It makes me want to fall down on my knees and pray and give worship to Jesus, the God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And the 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 guy he 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 understood. Um, I don't know if it did anything pray about it and see what happens um but it, he makes us want to go fall down on our knees even if we're going away from him even when you're sinning and you're doing this thing that's going against Christ he's gonna come up and he's gonna jog your memory and say I'm in the wrong <laughs> I'm in the wrong God and I need you I need you and you fall down to your knees and you want to worship God for the rest of eternity. And you're going to screw up again later on in about an hour and a half or so. Maybe even five minutes. You're going to screw up again. But God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. And he says, you are forgiven. I forgive you. Good job. Good and faithful servants is what he'll say to us one day. And if you haven't experienced that, you just have to say, God, I'm a sinner. I need, your, I need you. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. God, please change my life. Even if, you've never, even if you've never talked to Jesus, he'll say, I forgive you. And you're one of mine now. That is the gospel. And that is how amazing Jesus is. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I sure did love it. It, it was good. Really, really good. It was um, definitely beneficial for me, and I needed to hear it. Um, that's the bill, so that's, <laughs> I've got to go. But, um, guys, I hope you did enjoy, and I will see you all next week. Thank you all.